The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time. I'm Jacqueline Cordova and I'm joined by my co-host Ben Visser. Um, yeah, we're back. Uh, Iowa State went and competed at the Cliff Keen Invitational in Las Vegas. Big weekend for the Cyclones. Um, they won the whole thing. So they definitely put themselves on notice. Younger Bastida, if there was anyone on this planet who didn't know who he was before this weekend, they sure do now. Um, I mean, we can just jump right in. Ben, give me your initial thoughts when you saw first that Iowa State was leading after day one and then how you felt on day two. Right. When I saw that Iowa State was leading after day one, I was like, all right. I mean, they've been in a similar position before and couldn't quite close it out, whether that was losing those championship round matches, not getting third place, not getting fifth place, mm -hmm. not getting first place, things like that. So I was still uh, biting my tongue a little bit because you do have schools like Michigan, Nebraska. They're these top end Big Ten schools that are going to try to compete with Penn State and Iowa. So I was cautiously optimistic. And then we started wrestling those championship matches on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And Iowa State was still in first. And Iowa State was tied with Nebraska for first. <laughs> and then a couple things happened. It's like, oh my gosh, Iowa State's going to win the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational for the first time since 1996. And um, it was a really, really exciting tournament. Uh, the Cliff Keen, for those that don't know, is without a doubt the best midseason tournament in the nation. All the not all of the best schools, obviously Penn State's not there, but a lot of these top end schools do go to the Cliff Keen and do compete. And it's often if you can finish in the top five ish, top four ish of Cliff Keen, you're in line for an All America spot come March. So uh, a lot of really good things from Iowa State wrestlers this weekend. Um, and it's a really encouraging result um, that Iowa State was able to win this. So. Um, I think the last time Iowa State won it in 96, I believe they finished, it was either second or third at NCAAs that year. So mm. if Iowa State's vying for a team title this year, this bodes well. So for anyone, our team trophy, team trophy, yes. not team title, team trophy. <laughs> I'm not that delusional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then we're really going to start getting yelled at I know. for setting up false expectations. Um, final team results for anyone who didn't watch. I'll give you, I'll give you the point difference between the top three and then i'll just list off the rest of the school so iowa state finished in first place with 130.5 points nebraska finished 125.5 ohio state finished 123.5 and then from there it goes nc state oregon state cornell stanford michigan oklahoma state and south dakota state and so for again a point difference Iowa State finishes with 130.5. South Dakota State, who finished 10th, finished with 74. So just to paint a picture of kind of what you can sort of expect in March. But like Ben said, when we talked about this last week, we really we did emphasize it, I think, last week, how important it was to see how Iowa State would compete this weekend just because two years ago the key word was, are they a dual team or a tournament team? And so... This one specifically, I think, really answered the bell for a lot of the things we probably discussed two years ago, right? Iowa State needs to score bonus points. They did that. 
Iowa State needs to be able to finish in the top five. And, I mean, they won the whole thing. And so when Ben and I were discussing coming into this podcast, I told him I really wanted us to emphasize how winning this weekend is huge. Just like you said, referencing the last time they won this and how they competed in March, this weekend gives us a way better idea of what type of team Iowa State is going to be nationally come March versus the bad taste in your mouth and really everyone's mouths that we had leaving the Cyhawk duel. And that's not to say that duels aren't important because I know that that kind of comes up a lot throughout the season, right? Mm -hmm. Do duels even matter? They do. Of course they do. I mean, I think a lot of what goes on in the season matters, obviously. And I would say it's a very good dual team, um, but we really wanted to see them enter the bell as a tournament team. And I'm, I'm sure Dresser felt on top of the world once his team won this weekend. So I'm feeling really good just because, like I said, I, I don't remember in which post, there's still a lot of season left. We haven't even started Big 12 competition yet. Like there is a lot of growth to be had. And for guys like younger to get even better than they already are. So I, I am feeling very positive about this team as a whole, just looking ahead to March. Give me your thoughts on that. I couldn't agree more. I think um, tournaments, they went away a little bit during COVID, right? Like they had all these things planned, Midland, Southern Scuffle, all these things were supposed to happen that 21 year. And then they seemingly all got canceled. And then I don't know if coaches got gun shy or what happened, but tournaments, they didn't stop happening, but they stopped being as necessarily important midseason tournaments. Um, so getting a lot of these big schools back at Cliff Keen and getting these tournaments started wrestling again, it's it helps so much. It helps the guys. It's Because getting down to wait for a dual meet is different than getting down to wait for a tournament. Because tournament, you got to do it back-to-back days, maybe even back-to-back-to-back, uh, depending on the tournament. So mm -hmm. um just the feel of it all, traveling out to Las Vegas, getting that under your belt, cutting weight while you're traveling, all of these things just help. It's something you can put in your back pocket come March. Like, all right, I know what this feels like. I know how to how I can do this. I know how to handle myself. Um, and then ideally, uh, when you're wrestling in the finals in your third place match, fifth place match, seventh place match, whatever it is, um, you get that little extra juice that you get from those placement matches and you know what that feels like. So when you're in March and you're down in Kansas city and you're wrestling that same type of feel, except now there's 15,000 people there, you're comfortable with that already. So, um, I think this is, um, we've, we've praised Kevin Dresser for the, uh, schedule that he's put together for this year. And I think this is a huge feather in the cap for him of, Hey, we scheduled the hardest in season tournament. We won the thing. Um, there were two very notable not top schools there in Iowa and Penn State, but besides them, everyone else was there. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm not saying, but I'll say, let's assume Penn State wins. Let's assume Iowa gets close to second. Oh, Missouri also wasn't there. So those yep. three. Um, but we'll see. Iowa State and Missouri are going to wrestle once in dual meet and then once in the big 12 tournament so we're going to get a really good feel about how those two schools match up but top four teams get a team trophy at the ncaa tournament penn state missouri iowa iowa state right now i think iowa state is firmly sitting at fourth um so we'll see how the season progresses we'll see how injuries progress we'll see if there's some lineup changes that may or may not happen mm -hmm. um kevin dresser has been talking about a wrestle off and I think there are some results from the Iowa dual meet and this tournament that could necessitate 
a wrestle off again. Um, and we'll get into those. But overall, I think this could not have been a better weekend for Iowa State because it just solidifies them as all right, top five for sure team, in my opinion. We'll see what Intermat and Flow and Win Magazine all think when they come out with their rankings tomorrow. We're recording this on a Monday. Um, but I mean, it's hard not to be very optimistic about Iowa State right now. Well, and I think you can be optimistic, right? Because I feel like I'm always the one that feels I'm always more on the optimistic side of things. I don't tend to be super negative, or at least I try not to be, at least not with wrestling. I try to stay level headed. <laughs> but I feel like we can be really hopeful after this weekend because, I mean, they did it. They they did the work. And like you said, top teams were there. I will say Missouri, it sounded like they had something going on. Um, I follow one of their beat reporters and they were tweeting something all weekend and I think Iowa had a regular duel and yep. I have no idea what Penn State was doing to be honest so it's not like they weren't there this time not that they haven't done it in the past but they they weren't there for scheduling reasons so they could have very well been there and I will I have no idea why Dayton fixed it and wrestle I have no idea why hate Wyatt Hendrickson didn't wrestle mm -hmm. but Iowa State put out their best guys out there so that's I think that's what makes me feel good too, is that we got to see the potential like permanent lineup in the hardest situation they've been put in so far. And we got to see really how they performed. So I feel like that's a good segue to kind of go through the lineup. Um, 125 was one of the ones I was going to look at and Kyson did absolutely everything I didn't want him to do. And that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not okay. It's not, I, I really, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's all in the details, right? Like coach doesn't mention it just to mention it, to blow smoke, right? In mm -hmm. availabilities, he's mentioned that the details can be something Kyson doesn't always kind of follow along with. And this is where I get frustrated because I'm like, you, you feel, you, you know what it feels like to get the good win and what it feels like to have the room cheer for you. So how is that not enough to not only feed you apparently was it younger was it anthony it was anthony that made the comment they called dresser a motivational yep. speaker yep. like clearly dressers yelling something at you in the room how is not all of that combined enough to push you mm -hmm. so i i walk out very discouraged i'd love your point of view on what you're thinking with kyson but i feel like that's a weight class that probably will have to see uh wrestle off probably more than Dresser thought comparing to when Kyson got the win against Wisconsin. Right, exactly. Because that's when that wrestle-off was supposed to happen. The wrestle-off was supposed to happen right after the Wisconsin duel. <clears throat> but Kyson goes out there and beats a two-time All-American in Eric Barnett. It's like, all right, great. Kyson's the guy. He has All-American potential. We've known this. We've known that Kyson has All-American potential. He's beaten All-Americans in the past. And then he does what he's done the last two weeks, <laughs> yeah. which is nothing. He didn't do anything against um, Drake Ayala from Iowa. Um, he tried in the last 30 seconds, but he ended up getting taken down himself. And then this tournament, his first match, he wins by fall. I'm just like, all right, we'll right. see what he does. And then he loses two straight matches, one to Nico Provo from Stanford, who is seated number nine. Kyson, I believe, was seated number eight. So that, in theory, that's one that Kyson should win. And then he loses one to some unranked guy from Cal State Bakersfield. No offense to Cal State Bakersfield. But you can't lose that match. That, it's just unacceptable. 7-4. In Sun Victory. So it's just, right. what are we doing here? Like, we know Kyson's a guy that can take guys down. Why are we scoring four points in a match against Cal State Bakersfield? So 
my patience with Kyson is currently at an all-time low. Mm. Um, I would like to see, and I'm guessing Dresser will make sure it happens, that he wrestles off with Ethan Perriman. We saw that wrestle off earlier this year. Kyson won relatively convincingly. Now, I'm assuming that'll happen again. Kyson will beat Perriman, and he will continue to be the guy. What I hope happens psychologically is that Kyson feels uncomfortable. Like, oh, my spot isn't as permanent as I thought it was. Apparently beating a two-time All-American isn't enough for me to keep this spot. I need to make sure I'm on my game for the rest of the season to make sure that I don't give up my spot to a redshirt freshman, who is very highly touted, by the way. Ethan Perriman, by all accounts, is going to be a very good wrestler. Uh, we saw him last year against you and I, and he beat a guy. So um, I'm excited for the future of Ethan Perriman. And if he does beat Kyson, hey, I welcome it. It's like, bring him on. I I will happily take a redshirt freshman at my 125-pounder. I'd be thrilled with that. So um, I don't think that'll happen. I think Kyson will win, but I hope it's a kick in the butt to be like, hey, let's get going here. Like, we can't be losing to Richard Sandoval. Well, and I think that Kyson should look back at last year and it's like you were sidelined because of an injury but those 125 pounders went through the gauntlet to earn you know the space to get that um starting spot since it was wide open and work hard to show up for the team like Corey Gabonbon worked his butt off at Big 12s and mm -hmm. Ethan Perryman did his absolute best as well Caleb Feasley a walk-on stepped in a few matches yeah like those guys were passionate, and sometimes I think it's like, well, it's like we've said, Kyson has all the talent, but he's just not using it. And sometimes when your opponent is your teammate who just wants it a little more than you, sometimes they're they're the better option. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Like you said, I think ultimately Kyson really is the, the more talented wrestler who can get the points, but it's just like, come on, man. I don't get it. Why, what is it? What is what is not making it click for you in the details outside of the room? Yep. I think it just takes so much like time commitment to be a student athlete, like the crazy schedules, the workouts, like you are putting in so much. It's just wild to me to not want it to click for you. Um, Greg Mackey texted me. I don't know if it was Saturday. He's like, for some reason, Kyson reminds me kind of of Sam Colbray. Mm -hmm. I can see it. And that is a great example. Sam, we saw what happened when Sam, and Sam said it himself. He said, I just realized I was tired of losing and I wanted to start winning. So he went off and became like the number one seed at, what was it, Big 12? Big 12, yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I think it's, I think Greg is right and good on him for making that connection. Cause yeah, I just, I don't know what it's going to take and it's clearly a kick in the ass. <laughs> so, and I'm sure Dresser's going to do that happened it. to him these last two weeks. He's gotten that. We'll see how he responds. So, but anyways, moving on. Evan Frost, the freshman finishes in second place. He just continuously impresses. I'm so impressed with him. Cause like you said, when I look at someone like Evan and you can let me know if you look at it differently, but I think in these situations, I didn't need Evan to finish in second place for me to feel good about him. Nope. Someone like Evan, I look at you, like you said, they're the way in process, the the grind of being in a tournament where you're just back to back to back. And he did it. He showed up. I'm so I'm pumped for him. I wonder how it feels for him to be the one at his weight and then his brother's not wrestling, since it sounds like they quite literally do every single thing possible together every day. But 
that's a side point. Uh, talk about how you felt about how he competed. I love Frost Tournament. Um, he was the two seed. He finished second. So technically, he wrestled to seed. But expecting a freshman to play second in any tournament is a very lofty expectation. So uh, I thought he had a phenomenal tournament. He beat guys from UNI, beat guys from Stanford. Um, so I really liked his tournament. He made your decision, the guy from UNI, which it's going to bode very well for mm -hmm. that dual meet later in the season. And this is what we're talking about, right? Uh, Evan Frost goes out there and gets two major decision bonus point victories. If he can do that in March, whew, I mean, that's that's a whole, it, this is not going to sound significant, <laughs> but I promise it is. That's a whole extra team point that Evan Frost is going to earn you just from bonus points, right? Because it's one compared to one and a half. So he, he's getting one and a half twice. That's a whole extra team point. So um, I thought he had a great tournament. Lost in the finals to Kai Orn from NC State, who is number one seed ranked number five in the nation i believe so um i was a really big fan of how evan frost wrestled this weekend i think it's like you said the fact that he got those bonus point wins is huge and it's going to make a huge difference in march um every single physical point matters um this team scoring doesn't show it but if you go back and look at past march like just how close i won penn state finished within each other three and four like it is it is truly a huge difference and the evan frosts make that difference mm -hmm. so it's exciting and he's a freshman so way it, i thought it was pretty neat to see how he responded in that type of pressure and i'm sure coach is pretty happy to have that at that weight because that was one of those weights where i thought the wrestle offs would be going all the time mm -hmm. but i don't know i think, I think evan, yeah i think evan's earned it clearly second place finish so good on him Freshman keeps showing up. Um, mm -hmm. 141, Anthony Echemendia, he finished seventh place. Uh, and he was the number eight seed. So, like you said, technically he wrestled above his seed. So, that's good. That's what you want to see. Um, yeah, I felt good about Anthony. Honestly, I've been pretty impressed with him so far all season. Um, as far as, I mean, I think just placing is what I wanted to see from him. So, what were you hoping? Um, I was, so I liked his tournament for the most part. Um, his first loss came to number one seed, Lachlan McNeil of North Carolina, who is ranked number three in the country. Mm -hmm. So not disappointed by that loss at all. I was like, eh, that was expected. And it was a nine to six match. So he was a takedown away from tying that thing and having him go to sudden victory. So he's now gone to sudden victory against the number one guy and was a takedown away from going to sudden victory against the number three guy. Um, my biggest disappointment, quote unquote, from Anthony was his loss to UNI's Cal Happel, who is number five seed. So technically, yes, Cal Happel was supposed <laughs> to be better. But yep. um, just looking ahead for the dual meet, four Big 12s, four NCAAs, that's when I think I'd like to see Anthony get the next time around. Mm -hmm. um, just, and he hasn't wrestled in a folk style match in what, a year and a half, two years. Right. So he's probably still shaking off some Matt Rust, things like that. But what I did like from Anthony is in that seventh place match, he's wrestling number seven seed Vince Cornea from Cornell and got bonus points, 13 mm -hmm. to three. So again, another situation uh, when he wrestled the number nine seed Cleveland Belton from Oregon state pinned him bonus points. So again, we're seeing this theme of, Hey, when you're better, prove it. Right. Like don't just win by one, three to one. Mm-hmm which we're not seeing very much this season, thanks to the rule change. But if you can be the guy that goes the extra step, again, Anthony can be one of those guys that can earn Iowa State those extra points that they'll need it. 
um, the NCAA tournament and Big 12s. Obviously, dressers definitely looking to try and win the Big 12. So, um, at 149, Casey Swiderski, he finished in fifth place. Which is great. Mm-hmm. And this was one, if you listen to last week's podcast, I thought Casey Swiderski was severely underseated. It sure. made no sense to me why he was the number 10 seed. Um, I feel like that's one where the whoever seeded it just kind of closed their eyes and pick a name out of a hat. I think they, I don't know what their process was, but <laughs> it was a bad one. Um, but he had a great tournament, finished fifth. Uh, he beat n- number seven seed Jaden Abbas from Stanford 14 to 11. Lost number two seed Kyle Parko 4 to 2. Dallas won that Panero Johnson also lost last year, and I think it was 4 to 2, that one. <laughs> so we got to try to find a way to get over Kyle Parko, though. But losing to him is not anything to be ashamed of. I think he's ranked number three in the country. So mm-hmm. um, not a problem there. Um, and then he does get wins against number 12 seed, major decision, 18 to 6. Um, and he, for the fifth place match, he does get, again, another major decision, 13 to 4. So really liked his tournament. Um, Nothing to be mad about. He scored a lot of points. Um, that's what I like seeing from Casey Sverderski. He's an aggressive guy, aggressive style, and you want those types of guys to be rewarded by getting takedowns. So um, nothing to complain about with Casey at all. Well, and I feel like it's one of those where it's good to get Casey in there to feel this type of competition, this type of pressure, the pressure of the back-to-back. I think that's something that works in his favor and – I'm hoping that his like explosiveness and his like fiery side is what kind of drives him when he does meet Kyle Parko again against uh, Arizona State. So hopefully, hopefully <laughs> we can finally see the win at that weight. But no, yeah, I was, I was, same thing. I was impressed with him, and yeah, being the number ten seed that it did not make sense for Casey. But whatever, we're not the ones doing that part of the job, I guess. Um, 157, Cody Chittum did not place. Did not place. Um, little, so on the surface, when mm-hmm. Jackie says did not place, disappointing. When you look at it, it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, his first loss came to number six, Daniel Cardenas from Stanford, who is very good. Lost that match nine to eight. Close match, tough mm-hmm. loss. Um, comes back after that one and tech falls a guy in six minutes. So like seeing that. And then, unfortunately, this is this is not Cody Chittum's fault. <laughs> but yeah. Bryce Andonian <laughs> from Virginia Tech, number three seed and ranked number four in the country, lost a match that he should not have lost. So then suddenly Cody Chittum on the backside of the tournament is facing a top five guy in the country, a guy who is really rolly. Like Bryce Andonian has no problem doing anything he wants to on the mat. He will be on his back. He will be in positions you've never seen before. And he pins a lot of guys that way. And he pinned Cody Chittum. So disappointing, sure, but also expected if you knew anything about who Bryce Andonian was. So um, sure, the result is disappointing in terms of he didn't finish. But when you look at why he didn't place, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Well, and I think, again, it's like this tournament, you want it to reflect what they're going to experience in March. And it, at the NCAA tournament, especially, you'll find those like really top guys who will just find themselves in a bad situation and then suddenly get sent to the back. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have these guys have to really match up with guys they didn't necessarily anticipate. So if Cody Chittum's going to be a top guy, then he's going to have to feel it out. And 
this is an opportunity that he wouldn't have had in the season in a regular duel. So better to have it now and feel that type of pressure and, you know, feel that type of loss. Not that obviously I want him to lose, but better to feel it now to better prepare for March, I think is kind of how I feel about Cody Chittum having, if he has to lose, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> At least it, it's in this situation. But David Carr. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of questions about this one. Um, so David Carr finishes third place. You know, he goes through, he wins three straight. Um, you and I, tough, tough draw for this poor guy. Evan Yance has to start his uh, <laughs> his tournament against uh, David right off the bat. David gets a tech fall there. He gets a tech fall against Will Miller. And these are all tech falls before the match is even, even over. I'm talking three minutes in, four minutes in. He gets a major decision over Garrett Thompson, who's number eight seed at the tournament. And then David goes up against number four, Julian Ramirez from Cornell. And he gets he gets taken down and he loses four to three. So David has to go off to get Russell for third place. Obviously, well, works his way to get to third place. And he, he does David Carr things. He wins the match, finishes in third Talk about how you felt about that scramble. Um, I, I'll tell you, removing the res- end result, I enjoyed watching Ramirez not be scared of David because I, I feel like more often than not, guys go in against David and try to wrestle safe. And that's I'm not throwing a dig at past opponents. Like, truly just, David's really good, and if you give him the chance to open up, he's going to do some fancy crafty things he works on all season and he's gonna beat you and so not it's not very often we watch david in this type of scramble i'll share the clip on twitter in case anyone hasn't seen it but they just get into this wild scramble that ultimately david gets taken down there were some back and forth on twitter whether it was the right call was it properly scored should david have gotten more points um, I honestly didn't watch the whole match. I just watched the highlights. So I'm not going to tell you guys exactly how I thought it should have been. I mean, ultimately, the takedown was called. I watched it, it very fast. But, I mean, it looked like the guy deserved the takedown. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you felt from that. But that was my takeaway from that specific match. Yep. Um, so, again, like Jackie, I also did not watch the whole match. I was busy on Saturday. Um, but from the clip that I saw that Flow Wrestling tweeted out themselves, I thought David in that scramble situation for sure got taken down. Mm-hmm. No problems there. Where I think the argument could come in is in the reversal because David did get a reversal. And to me, if I was the referee, I would have had a two count on Julian Ramirez for back points. So they gave him two for the reversal. I would give him another two for back points. And then suddenly David Carr's 4-3 loss turns into a 5-4 win. Uh, with those two back points. So I think that's where the controversy comes in of did they score that right? And again, I didn't watch the whole match. I don't know if David had other scoring opportunities I didn't capitalize on. I am not a person like, oh, the refs screwed Iowa State. Like, that's not a <laughs> thing that I ever really care about. So, like, if David had opportunities early in the match, he should have taken them. But in that situation, I could have seen if I were the ref, which I am not, um, I could see two back points there so um tough situation for Carr, but interestingly the third place match was kind of the championship match because he wrestled number two cameron amin so number one seed versus number two seed in the third place match 
And that was the match I was most interested in seeing um, Cam mm-hmm. Amin from Michigan. And David beat him 3-1. to one. So um, it wasn't a good tournament for Carr. I mean, let's be blunt about it. A good tournament for Carr is winning. Right. And anything short of that for David Carr is not good. So um, while Evan Frost getting second is great, and for Casey Swiderski getting fifth is good for him, for David Carr getting third is not good. Right. So... Um, just a little bit disappointing for Carr. Um, I think this is going to be one. I don't think it's going to affect him for any length of time at all. I think he he proved that in the third place match, right? He was fine. He went out and beat the number uh, two seed. And I think Cam Amin is the number three seed or number three ranked guy in the country. So um, liked what I saw from him. Yeah, Cam Amin is ranked number three. So uh, liked what I saw from David and bouncing back. Uh, and we'll see how he handles that loss going forward. Uh, unfortunately for him, it kind of takes him out of the Hodge trophy consideration. And for those that don't know, the Hodge is the Heisman of wrestling. So um, it's really tough to win the Hodge if you have a loss in your record just because someone's going to go undefeated, generally speaking. Right. So um, maybe that takes less pressure off a car. Maybe he's like, all right, I can let it fly now. And um, doesn't have necessarily that pressure of, oh, can he be the first Hodge since, is it Kelsey Anderson, I think? Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was kill. I could be wrong about that. Some, some old head will probably correct me, which would be great. <laughs> please do. If I'm wrong, please correct me. So yeah, that just, yeah, that's definitely something like you said, that's going to hurt a little cause he's obviously been vying for it. And I mean, the argument was it last, just last season. If you would have beaten was O'Toole, say, was it, it last season that yep. I was like, Gun to throw, arguing about how he deserved it had he won. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, yeah was, I mean, it was, the argument was him and Spencer Lee, okay. uh, and then they oh, both yeah. lost. <laughs> so neither one got it. And this year it was all right. Whoever wins one sixty-five, if they're both undefeated, David Carr, Keegan O'Toole will likely get it. David Carr is no longer undefeated. So if David Carr goes and beats Keegan O'Toole in NCAs and Big Twelves. Well, then maybe he might re-deserve it again. It depends on how other guys do, if there are other losses. This year, I'd have to look at through all the weights. It seems pretty open, up and down. I mean, you got Greg Kirkley to 85, who is dominant. But um, outside of that, I mean, you got guys like Parker Kekheisen, who's probably going to vie for it. Carter Storacci is going to vie for it. Um, But other than that, I mean, Real Woods, I guess, could have an argument. So, um, Yeah. And it, it's an interesting conversation around David not performing well. And it's funny because it's a third place finish, but that's, that's just a testament to what a talented wrestler David is that anything less of first place, that's a disappointment in, in the book of how did David perform? So it's like, we look at this and we're like, that sucked. But then you also look and you're like, Iowa state won it with David not being in first place. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge because the expectation and the assumption when we cover the team right is that they only win it if David gets a title. And I think that still stands for March. David has to perform well on top of everybody else do their job. So it's a, it's a bitter, it's a rock and a hard place with that one. It's, it's a positive to see Iowa State be able to perform well without David being 100%, which again, it's funny that it's it's third place, but... It's a positive there, but then yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just it was like it was like when I texted you. It was one of those situations where it just kind of just wasn't the right situation. I don't even know how to 
and that and give analysis on that it just sucked yeah <laughs> so but anyways we'll just keep on moving here um mj Gaetan finishes in eighth place i'm just glad he placed yeah that's kind of how i feel yep um that i couldn't agree more i don't know that we need to talk about him a ton about him um happy he placed i think that's probably if he is a round of 12 guy come march I'm very happy with this tournament. If he somehow becomes an All-American in March, then Iowa State is in real contention for a team um, trophy because that's that would be MJ Gaetan overperforming what is expected of him. So um, happy he placed. I think it bodes well for March. I do still think there's probably things for him to clean up, especially early in matches because he does get a little bit like Kevin Dresser likes to say, floppy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shore some things up and don't get taken down quite so easily. Yes, you are great scrambling, but... You don't always need to go to the mat right away. So um, it'll be fun to watch to see how he progresses, just because I think sometimes I think coaches let guys wrestle how they want. <laughs> and then the coaches get approved to him like, hey, you know that thing that I told you? Let's start doing that. Um, and I think that could be a case for MJ Gaetan of, all right, now that he's felt what it feels like to be a Division One starter against high-level competition, mm-hmm. let's shore some things up and get to work. Well, and... Uh- that's why he got thrown in against Iowa last year, right? In in Dresser's words, at the time, it was funk. He had funk to him. Mm-hmm. Well, now we get to see him have that funk, but also, you know, clean it up to where it works out in his favor. Um, but, yeah, not much else to add. I'm I'm a fan of MJ. I, I like his attitude, I think, is what my favorite thing about mm-hmm. him is that he seems like a very committed guy who I think will – he'll get better as the time goes, but – Will Feldkamp, 184, second place. Yep, loved his tournament. Um, this was one where uh, Iowa State fans seem to be really disappointed in him because he lost to a guy that's going to be a multiple-time All-American and probably a multiple-time national champion. Um, <laughs> I think some people, and rightly so, not everyone pays as close of attention to wrestling as Jackie and I do, so I get it. But losing to an unranked Gabe Arnold is not like losing to an unranked wrestler from anywhere else. Like Gabe right. Arnold's going to be incredible um and is incredible obviously so will feldkamp number seven seed again like casey swiderski how in the world <laughs> is will feldkamp seed number, number seven. seven it makes no sense uh so he finished the second and his one loss was to number one seed parker keckheisen who is ranked number one and is the favorite to win the weight so that's not a bad loss um again bonus points win by fall tech fall major decision great love it loved his tournament could not have wrestled better and yeah, Parker, I think it's good. I'm glad he got to wrestle Parker just because he's going to have to do it again. And Parker's just a very talented wrestler. He's like the one guy on the UNI team that I just want all that is good for him in the world. He's <laughs> just a good guy. And he just, I feel like he's, even though he's obviously favored right now, he's the number one guy in the country at his weight. He's favored to win it. I still feel like somehow he falls through the cracks when it comes to the conversation of like talented wrestlers in the country. Or Hodge Trophy. Yeah, like I just think he's underrated, which is funny because, again, he really is number one at his weight. So he was the thorn in Marcus Coleman's side. Mm -hmm. He could just talk about not matching up well. So I'm excited to see how well Will will wrestle him again in, I think it's February. Um, So, yeah, good weekend for him. Uh, Julian Broderson, he did not place. He was seated number 13. You know, he started the day with a win by Tech Fall, and then he goes and loses to number four, Luke Serber from Oklahoma State. And then he goes on and he wins um, 
again by pin against Austin Starr from Ohio, and then he goes and loses to number 12 Wyatt Volker from UNI. So it's one of those where I know people are upset with Broderson. We all want to see more from him. 100% understand and agree with the criticism from the Cyhawk. I think when it comes to Cliff Keen, I think he did exactly what I would have expected. And if anything, he got to wrestle the guy from Oklahoma State and you and I. That's two of his upcoming opponents. This is a weight that we're pretty sure we'll have to see uh, wrestle offs. You know, again, I think, unfortunately, Julian just isn't 100%. So I think other guys deserve to be part of the conversation, especially when we've seen what the two other guys can do. But as far as how did Broderson perform this weekend, I thought he did exactly what I would have expected. Yep. 1000%. This was a classic Julian Broderson tournament. He destroyed the guys he's better than and <laughs> barely lost to the guys he is worse than. It's like, all right, well, that is exactly what I expected. So, nope. um, yeah, I'm interested to see again when these wrestle offs happen, which I'm assuming they will now. I'm assuming they're very much back on the table. Um, how does he do against Nano Viascusa, who beat the number 20 some odd guy against Cleveland State back in that first match? So, um, That'll be an interesting one to watch. Uh, Julian is never a guy that's going to contend for a blood rounder, an All-American spot. That's just not going to happen. But can he score you a couple team points in March? Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he obviously, if he wins the wrestle-offs and re-earns that spot, then he's the guy, and that's, I'm fine with that. It just, I don't know what it is with him that holds him back, you know? Like, what is it that's holding him back from really, like, letting it loose? Because when he goes up against, you know, like we saw, he wins. But his two wins were by tech fall and by pin. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, what is holding him back? From letting it loose all of the time. Yeah, against, like, really good guys. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I feel fine with how he performed. Um, now to your favorite part. The one we, you've been waiting for, and I've been waiting for. I was pretty pumped about this. Younger Bastida, like I said, if you didn't know him, you know him now because he won. He's Iowa State's, what was it, first? First since Kyvin Gadsden. Yep. Shout out to Kyvin. He, keeps, he, he slips in there occasionally. <laughs> Younger had himself a weekend. He, you know, he obviously champion at 285 which is great this is great great because like we said this is a very it's a measuring stick as coaches like to say it's a good reflection of what can we expect from younger in a tournament setting what's he gonna look like in march and he looked real good this weekend he uh i know we have plenty of wins for him him and they were all by bonus point um except, except, for, the finals. Yep. except for the finals which is fine when you're in the finals i don't even <laughs> care i don't care how you win but he won five to three in the finals against number one Lucas Davison, which I can pull up what he what Lucas is rated number three in the country. I don't know what he'll be ranked tomorrow once um, updated rankings come out. But five to three is a good win in a heavyweight match. Mm -hmm. Great win. And so, all right, I loved Younger's tournament. Obviously, he <laughs> won, which great. But his bump up to heavyweight was necessitated by the fact that he was cutting so much at 97 that he could wrestle one or two good matches in a tournament. But then after that, he was gassed because he was gassed from cutting weight. Mm -hmm. um, now we're seeing heavyweight. He's wrestling two days. And like Jackie said, he's winning every single match by bonus points except for the finals. Boy, that is exciting stuff. Um, he looked great throughout. In that finals match, he picked Lucas Davison up in a fireman's <laughs> carry. Like, 
that's one of the things I was a little bit disappointed by when he went to heavy. I was like, ah, we're going to miss his fireman carries now. Nope. No, no. He's just going to pick up a 250 pound guy fireman carry and slam him on the map. It's like, all right, well, I guess younger strength has translated just fine. <laughs> um, I'd like to know the last time Lucas got picked up like that. I'm guessing it was not recently. Um, when, because when does heavyweight get picked up? That right. doesn't, that doesn't happen. Even these smaller heavyweights that we're starting to see now, it's just not a thing. They don't get picked up. Uh, so younger is going to go out there and he's going to pick up guys that are bigger than him and he's going to put them on the map, which is really fun. Um, so no, I loved younger's tournament and, we saw another takedown from Younger in that match where he did use his quickness that he has, right? And that's the thing that we expected to see at the heavyweight um, uh, that he's at now. It's like, all right, he's going to have to start using some of that quickness, which he absolutely did. Um, and he's just, he's, we knew he's a takedown machine. And Dresser, the thing that he mentioned before the tournament was, Younger's taken some really bad shots this year. And he's mm -hmm. gotten away with it because he's just better than people. How does he compare to guys who are also ranked who are potentially bigger than him, who are ranked higher than him. Well, we saw that he's going to take more calculated shots or pick people up, either <laughs> one. So it's a, it's a situation where uh, he beat number seven seed Nick Feldman 13 to five. He won by tech fall against the number three seed, Grady Grease from Navy, 18 to three against the number three seed from Navy. Like that's <laughs> unbelievable. That's not, that, those things don't happen. Um, at heavyweight especially. So um, I think I'd, we don't, we're not talking to the coaches this week, which I'm a little bit disappointed by because I'd like to ask Kevin again about what he thought of younger <laughs> shot selection because from my perspective, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like it's going to become slowly more common to not see heavyweights that are the full, mm -hmm. full weight, which I think is exciting because it just opens it up for more athleticism. I feel like the days of very low scoring heavyweight matches aren't necessarily gone but i think they're definitely starting to become less common you're seeing guys do more especially as they're lighter which is really exciting um i love heavyweights it's one of my favorite weights just because i love the bigger the heavy the upper weights if you will again it's like i tweeted people have consistently said like younger like you're at a heavyweight now like you can't just do these certain things. Like I remember it was Sam that was sharing the story about how like Sam Skyler. Yeah. Sam yeah. Skyler, how he would tell younger, like, you're not going to be able to turn guys the way you're used to. Like it's just not the same at heavyweight. And younger said, watch me. Well, that's what he did this weekend when he picked up Lucas Davidson. He said, you can't pick up heavyweights. Watch me literally pick them up. So I'm excited. I, I think like you said, younger, if he wants to do all the, take bad shots, get crafty, see what he can or can't do. Go for it in those matches that he's obviously going to dominate. But to be able to see how he can keep it controlled, keep it tight against someone like Lucas Davison and keep it to a five to three, that's good. Because mm -hmm. it kind of, it's it reminds me of like when we talk about, um, oh my gosh, Jason Kreiser, right? It's like, it's great that you're doing all these crazy things because it throws off your competition and it clearly makes you confident. But you also have to learn how to clean it up mm -hmm. and know how to use it to your advantage and Kreiser's a different story he kind of does what he wants it's, he does his thing but like for younger in order to go off and beat the really good heavyweights you can't take too many bad shots yep you just can't and I'm forever mad that <laughs> Wyatt Hendrickson wasn't there I would like to call the Air Force and <laughs> the Air Force 
and be like what the heck um he was out of the tournament i think the night before mm-hmm. can you just but, call the president if you call the air force yeah that's what i was saying <laughs> president biden like, yeah. i need I you i guess i guess when we when we talk about army or air force or navy it's like the word verbiage he uses you have to be careful because i think i said the army once in a, in a tweet and someone was like what are you talking about <laughs> um but no they pulled him out the night before and i was really upset and i'm going to continue on this parade okay but it's fine i won't bring it up till march because now there's no chance at that but whatever anyways younger i thought showed growth and that's really exciting and like you said i would be very curious to hear what dressers really takeaways and assessment was of younger and younger's a guy who feeds off this type of stuff like it feeds his ego mm-hmm. so you know that younger was feeling himself with that trophy at the end one thousand percent probably parading around with his trophy like i'm the man yep and if i can add one last thing about younger um mm-hmm. just because i need to restart my younger bestita agenda <laughs> um last year i was on a little bit of a crusade that younger bestita should be ranked number one and that crusade was going really well until he got hurt and lost a match to the number one guy in the country um, who was wrestling for Pitt at the time. And then younger season kind of fell apart because of the injury, because the weight coat was super tough and all that stuff. So I had to put my agenda on the back burner <laughs> and I was just biding my time. But I think my time has come. Um, younger Ristita was ranked number seven before this and new rankings have not come out yet, as we've mentioned, but he just beat the number three guy. So... If Younger Bastida is not ranked number three this week, you're going to riot. I will be furious. It should be Greg Kirkfleet from Penn State, Wyatt Hendrickson from Air Force, who a great one, too, no problem with that. And it should be Younger Bastida right after that. And to talk about lighter heavyweights, Greg Kirkfleet is that for Penn State. Greg Kirkfleet is Younger Bastida's American twin. Those two are the exact same. They're both incredibly athletic, they're both jacked beyond belief. And neither one, I don't think, is going to break 240 or 245 this year in terms of weight. Um, White Hendrickson, like Jackie has said, is one of those big heavyweights. He's six foot five and all at 285. So, um, I, I I'm fine with not ranking younger number one right now. I recognize he probably should not be, but <laughs> um, he should be ranked number three in my opinion. And he's going to get a shot at Colton Schultz, who is currently ranked number fourth, number four, and Zach Elam, who's currently ranked number five. So. Even if he does slide in at number five for some reason, which again would be fine, but uh, <laughs> he's he's going to get a, a crack at uh, two of those guys again before March rolls around. So um, younger, I love the way he wrestles. I love the way he competes, um, and I <laughs> he should be ranked number three. I was going to say this is our love poem to younger Bastida. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a good segue. I was going to say. The next time outside of the, oh gosh, I don't have it in front of me. The next thing that they have, it's like in two weeks, next weekend, they're going to compete in a, in collegiate duels. Mm-hmm. I think it's like Little Rock and two other programs. I'm so sorry. I'm pulling it up. I promise. Uh, but I was going to say their next duel, like actual duel will be against Arizona state, which is Colton Schultz. So Again, number four, it's good to keep them keep them going. I feel like Younger's one of those guys you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't give them too much time off. Nope. So All it, gas, no breaks. So it's good to, that the next duel he'll face off against the number four guy because that'll only continue to solidify not only just overall rankings but your agenda here of keeping him in that top five because he won't see Zach Elam until the end of the season. 
So if he can beat Colton Schultz, which Colton Schultz, obviously good guy, he's a top five guy. Um, I would love to see how he matches up against Younger. I think that would be very interesting. I wish that duel was in Hilton and not in Arizona, but mm. it's all right. Chris isn't paying for us to fly down there. No. Mm. Can you believe it? No, that's a shame. <laughs> um, I told them that if Iowa State ever wrestled uh, Wyoming and they did battle at the barn, mm. I would like to travel. Yeah. I will need oxygen. <laughs> um, I have bad asthma, so the elevation would be horrific. But, yeah, no, I think um, what the team did this weekend is really good. What Younger's doing is good. It's great to see him feeling good. It's good to see him really making his own in that weight. Obviously, this is a way better fit for him. Mm -hmm. That weight cuts hard, and it's just not worth it if it's sacrificing his talent. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that they could make that jump this season. And Younger said it at media day. He said, you guys are going to see the best version of myself, and I think we're seeing that. So any final thoughts? Rank Younger seed to number three. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I have final thoughts like that. I'm just I'm just ready for Big 12 action, honestly. So, But we have a little more, like I said, uh, December 18th. It's a Monday. That is when Iowa State will be wrestling in the collegiate duels against Pittsburgh, Little Rock, and Cornell. So excited to see him go up against Cornell. That'll be a good one. Uh, so if you don't want to pay attention at work, <laughs> the action starts at 2 p.m. that day. It's going to be on Rockfin, so you will need a subscription for that. Otherwise, I'll do my best to update you guys on Twitter as the day goes on. And then January 6th, that's when Iowa State will make the trip to Arizona State and get back to it. So it's going to be an exciting time. The Cyclones obviously put their name on notice for the world to pay attention. It was fun to scroll Twitter and see a lot of big heads talking about them. So Ben and I will be here to talk all things wrestling. As always, follow us on Twitter. Shout out to Fairway, our fearless sponsor of our content here at Cyclone Fanatic. And yeah, thanks for listening, guys.